Hi, Podcast Brunch Club. I just want to take a quick second to thank some of our organizational partners. Podchaser is the IMDb of podcasts and offers amazing search and list creation and now has a cool social feed feature. Lentigua Williams and Company is the production team behind podcasts like Latina to Latina, 70 Million, and Feeling My Flow. Critical Frequency is an all-women-owned and operated podcast network for independent creators and those who are often overlooked in mainstream media. Listen Notes is a powerful podcast search engine that also offers list creation. The Venn puts out a weekly podcast playlist on the political issues surrounding the 2020 U.S. election. And Audio Boom is a podcast network featuring funny, inspiring, entertaining, and thought-provoking podcasts. These are some of our early sponsors, so go to the Podcast Brunch Club website to see all of the great organizations supporting the Podcast Brunch Club community. And go find these companies. They are great for both content and discovery. And they support and give back to the listener community. If you are an individual and want to support PBC, go to patreon.com slash podcastbrunchclub. If you represent an organization and want to support the PBC listener community, email me at Adela, that's A-D-E-L-A, at podcastbrunchclub.com. Thanks, and happy listening. Hi there, Podcast Brunch Club. I'm Adela, and I'm the founder of Podcast Brunch Club. And I'm Sarah, the chapter leader of the Houston chapter of PBC and the founder of Audible Feast, a podcast review website and newsletter. So every month we'll send out a podcast playlist on a theme, and then our chapters all over the world will meet up and discuss and inevitably go off on a tangent to swap podcast recommendations, just like we'll do in the second segment (laughs) of this episode. (laughs) This month, the theme is homelessness, and the list was curated by members of our Eugene chapter. So a giant thanks to Tara, Tatiana, Hallie, and Julia. And you can find the playlist at podcastbrunchclub.com slash homelessness. So we listened to four episodes that explored ways to tackle homelessness. We listened to an episode of Planet Money that looked at the ways different communities are helping the homeless, and an episode of the Housing First podcast that explained the Housing First ideology and how it is being implemented in Europe. We also listened to an episode of the TED Radio Hour about how we can build more humane cities. And finally, we listened to an episode of Gimme Shelter, which featured a collection of interviews with big city mayors on housing and the homeless. So that's all the great shows we listened to. Adela, what did you think? Yeah, I really, I liked it. I mean, I always, I always like learning about new things and I feel like homelessness, especially given the season, since we're doing this in December was a appropriate topic to think about. And I actually realized just before we started recording that I didn't get through the entire TED radio hour. So you might have to fill me in, but that's, how it goes sometimes at our podcast brunch club meetings. A lot of times people attend and haven't listened to all of them. So that's, that's fine. I liked the fact that it was about addressing homelessness and strategies to overcome the issue. So like from all, all angles, how about you? Yeah, I, I was kind of super excited. I listened to them, I think in the actual order that they're on the podcast brunch club playlist on the website which i don't usually do but mm-hmm. a lot of times when i go to my pbc meeting people are like okay how about the first one and i never <laughs> listen in order i know so, me too. um it's so funny like people how people see the list and they're like 
they have like a, a way that they, they have to listen to them. Totally. But I don't know. I just randomly listened to them. But I did listen to them all in a bunch together. And I thought that was really good for me personally. I liked listening to them all together because I was like in this mindset and I just kept thinking about like, okay, well, that previous podcast I listened to said this and this one is, you know, has a little bit different take on that or whatever. It's It was kind of like for me, one giant TED radio hour, mm. <laughs> like TED, TED two radio hours yeah, <laughs> of like just listening to them like that in like a, a big list. But I also was... I really keyed in quickly that these were about like solutions. And I really, 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 that made me so happy um, mm-hmm. to think about like, what are people doing to to solve this? And, and not just like you and me, but people who are leaders in their cities, like, mm-hmm. Okay, like you have the power. May, I, I well, hopefully that's not in qu- not in question. I'm sure there's much more politics behind mm-hmm. it than that. But you know, ultimately, if you're the leader of a major city, like I live in Houston, and they they interviewed former mayor Anise Parker on one of the podcasts about the Houston homelessness homelessness problem. You know, you have like you do have resources. You have money at your disposal disposal to do something about it. And I don't know. I just thought. It was really interesting hearing from all the different leaders in the cities. Yeah. And then one of the questions, you know, yesterday, because I knew that you and I were going to be recording today, I posted on the Facebook group, on the Podcast Brunch Club Facebook group, that we would be recording and if anybody had any questions. And I know Mo from um, Oklahoma City was asking, why didn't any of the episodes talk about the cause of homelessness. And I just want to say that probably that was an issue in the way that I framed the theme. I should have probably framed the theme around addressing homelessness as a po- because I think that those are two different issues. Although, mm-hmm. you know, tackling homelessness, obviously you have to understand the cause, the root cause. But I feel like the the causes of homelessness could be almost its own complete mm-hmm. uh, different playlist. And I would be like yeah. happy to do that in the future. You know, the causes of homelessness or or like even stories around homelessness, because it's a huge problem. And I s- did start listening to the TED Radio Hour this morning before you and I recorded. So I listened to a tiny bit of it. And, you know, one of the things that they were talking about was about like hiding the homeless. It's not that they're some of these cities aren't solving the homelessness issue. They're yeah. just finding ways to push the homeless out so that they're almost invisible. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious for you, like the Houston mayor was on the was a Gimme Shelter podcast. Yep. What did you think about that? Did are you familiar at all with Houston's tactics to reduce homelessness? Nope, not at all. And um I thought that I'm a card-carrying liberal, if that's not evident by now. Um, I thought Mayor Parker was a great mayor at the time um, for a lot of reasons. And I I thought, I kind of thought that she still talked very politically in that podcast, like mm-hmm. about, you know, the money that was spent and stuff. And um, I don't know. I think... I there's a I think there's a lot of homelessness in Houston and I think Houston is a very widespread city so mm-hmm. you can see the homelessness all over the place too it's not like it is not confined to any particular areas I think she may have talked about it, and if she didn't 
I don't, I don't know how how much she was responsible for this, but in Houston, they definitely have addressed some of the areas that are like tent city type of places. Mm-hmm. And I believe brought some resources to those areas. Like, I can't remember which one of the podcasts talk about having the the sheds, like the tough sheds or something like that, um, mm-hmm. that are like almost mobile place for you to sleep at night. And they put them right next to these tent cities. So it's not saying like, we we need you to like leave your community. We want you to be safe. That's what, mm-hmm. that's the solution is we want you to have safety. We're not saying you can't be here. It, we're we're going to put this potential housing option for you right next to where you already are. But we don't want you to get you know, be in danger in the mm-hmm. middle of the night because you don't have any protective shelter around you that has a lock on it. Yeah, I feel like I've I've seen, I remember seeing a video recently, maybe in the last six months. I want to say it was in Seattle and it was going into these tent cities and building them tiny homes or like these really, really like almost prefab homes that mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. just like one room and just basically taking the tent seat city exactly where they were before and putting up some like more semi-permanent structures. Right. Just to, to do exactly what you're saying is just make them, you know, safe first. Yeah. Did you get to the point in the Ted radio hour episode that was about the mayor of Albuquerque yet? No. Oh, okay. So this, uh, the mayor is Richard Berry and he, this was probably my favorite segment out of all the things that I listened to. And what's surprising to me is he, and I think he may have even talked about this, that this is not, and they talked about this on the Gimme Shelter episode too, that this is not like homelessness is not like a partisan issue. <laughs> so he's a Republican mayor mm-hmm. and he talked about how they, what they have done in Albuquerque is they decided to, he said that he, some years ago, he ran across a guy and this person said, had like a sign saying, you know, I just need to eat basically mm-hmm. and I will work to get money and I just need to find something that will pay me. So he organized these vans to go out around the city and they literally pick up people and they do work for the city. So he said there's, he said he asked, he posed the question of the the politicians and leaders in his community, do you have work that needs to be done that someone <laughs> could do if like if you just need a body to do this work right like is it a cleanup thing or construction Mm -hmm. you know whatever like do we have work that needs to be done and of course the answer is yes Mm -hmm. and so they pay them slightly over minimum wage um they come and pick them up and do like a day's work and then they drop them back off so that doesn't necessarily solve the person being homeless, but it gets to what Mo was talking about, which is maybe one of the causes is like not having a sol- solid employment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure somebody can probably write in and say or call, call <laughs> let us know and tell me if that's like not really as rosy a picture as he paints it. But I just thought that's great thinking. It's outside the box to think yeah. like he said that I think he said the vans are like not that you know, or I think they even said they had some like old vans or something. So they just get somebody to drive them. They work mm-hmm. with a charity, a local charity to help drive the vans around. Mm-hmm. And then they just get these people working like and for your sense of agency, I am sure it, it yeah. has to help. Right. Yeah. That's like, you know, like there's grassroots things that people that, that can be done. And then there are policy level things that can be done. Right. And I think it's like a top down versus bottom up approach. And obviously yeah. both should be done. 
And so this yeah. seems like one of those bottom-up grassroots kinds of things yeah. that is super important. And it seems like kind of a no-brainer to me. I mean, not that it's not innovative. It definitely is innovative. But mm-hmm. like as soon as you said it, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, well, duh. You know, yeah, why, it makes sense. Why not? Like, I mean, the only the only caveat is that like the city would have to have the funds to pay people yep. that yep. are not already employed by the city, right? And yep. we're all paying very high taxes in our sit our respective cities. I live in the Chicagoland area, and Cook County has like second highest real estate taxes in I think the entire country. You know, so like yeah, there's. $13 an hour or whatever for somebody to, you know, do some cleanup work around the streets seems like a no-brainer. And that can definitely help. And like, I know there's a place here in Chicago called Inspiration Kitchen, and I still haven't been. And it's a it's a cafe, you know, like you go and you have brunch mm-hmm. there or whatever. Yeah. And it's all operated by, I want to say, people who are itinerant or... Mm-hmm possibly we're in the criminal justice system. I don't mm-hmm. remember what sort of their focus is in, but it's like a whole program, right? So it's not just like, oh, we're just going to give you a job. Here's like, you know, a pad of paper so you can take orders, but it's training around, you know, food supply and cooking and restaurant management and hospitality and all that stuff. And so everybody that you encounter in that restaurant is going to be somebody who has been trained through the program. There's other programs that I've heard of, like, and and this is not so much around homelessness, but I feel like there it'd be interesting to see it, what the interplay between the criminal justice system and homelessness is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when people are, I think there's like a big, there's a lot of um, awareness now about the struggles people face after they get out of prison. And, you know, one of them is getting a job because you have to always say that you, you know, are a felon and and maybe, you know, that would make you less likely to get that job or whatever. But I also wonder how many, how many people who were not homeless before then went through the criminal justice system ended up homeless. Like, you know, I know that a lot of people who are homeless end up in the criminal justice system, like probably because they're on the streets so much. But I'd, I'd wonder how much that contributes to homelessness and like, because yeah. obviously then you can't get a job and then you can't have money and you can't pay your bills or whatever. So, but there is a program here in Chicago also that um, that works with the criminal justice system on training them in organic farming methods and then bringing them through all of the Chicago farmers markets to like sell the the goods. So it's like this whole whole process. So I I love these grassroots things. And I think that Mm -hmm. they're so, so important. And they're not, you know, like, maybe they're not making the biggest impact in the world, but in aggregate, and then if you add in the policy stuff, that's the solution. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, like, you cannot get away from money when you're talking about policy solutions, right? Like, there's no way you can get around money. And that's fine. But I thought it was interesting that they were like, it's actually a lot cheaper to just provide people with housing. Like, you give them an apartment and pay their rent that's, like, $800, and they're, A, going to be more likely to then get a job, stay out of, like, emergency rooms, which is a huge cost. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought that that was interesting. If you look at the economics of it and just look at the economics of it, then I feel like, of course, it's not a partisan issue because people who are, you know, fiscally conservative can see, well, this makes fiscal sense, And people who are like liberals are like, well, yeah, this makes sense, right? Yeah. 
it it reminds me a little bit. Remember, like a while ago, we did an episode. We listened to an episode of Our Americana, and it was about yes. Green Greenville and about yep. the city that went green. And it mm-hmm. was like this tiny little conservative town in, I don't know, Kansas or somewhere that had got devastated mm-hmm. by a, a tornado and they ended up rebuilding green. And the, 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 he had the, the mayor of the town on it. And the guy was just like, well, yeah, you just have to make the case and, and show them the numbers. Like, mm-hmm. I just told them that you'd make your money back in five years and then the savings all come, yep. you know. Return on investment. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, you have to talk about money when it, it comes to these issues. And like, as long yep. as you can prove it, who who wants homeless people in their cities? Nobody wants it. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, one of the discussion question prompts is people say that fixing homelessness is surprisingly simple, which I think is sort of dismissive. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think complicating that is what you said. It's like, Where's the money going to come from? Where is the money being spent on this right now? Mm-hmm. Can we be transparent about that in a city? The answer is usually no, especially the bigger the city you have, you know, mm-hmm. no, like nobody wants to pull back the curtain and be transparent about where the city is spending its money. Um, like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine Houston doing that. Um, <laughs> but also this this association, and you alluded to this as well, this association with crime and homelessness, you know, mm-hmm. I think this, there's this bias, this mental thing that that people are like, well, this person is homeless, uh, they're more likely to commit a crime, or they are dangerous, or maybe they did something dangerous to become homeless or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's just probably by and large, by far not the case, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that is, it, like you said, it would be interesting to see the numbers. But it, as far as like people who become homeless, I would, I would put my money on that most of it is not because the person is a dangerous person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Tough. Well, you guys should <laughs> tell us what your thoughts. We could probably talk about this for like hours. This was a yeah. great playlist. I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think it's, it is so good for prompting discussion. It's a perfect PBC playlist because mm-hmm. people, you do have like s- lots of thoughts and ideas and feelings about this. And so excellent playlist. Yeah. Good job, Eugene. I want to take a break to give a big thank you to our newest sponsor, How to Do the Pot. So How to Do the Pot is a brand new podcast that answers some of the most common questions women secretly Google about cannabis. The first season will focus on topics relevant to health and happiness of women, such as pregnancy, sleep, and autoimmune conditions. So if you've ever had any questions about how pot could help you, check out How to Do the Pot anywhere you get podcasts. And you can see more on their website, dothepot.com. And if your organization or podcast is interested in becoming a sponsor, email me at Adela, that's A-D-E-L-A, at podcastfrenchclub.com. So we're back, and now we're going to diverge and talk about what else is going on in the podcast space and what we've been listening to lately. Sarah, I know you're listening a lot lately, so what have you got for us this month? You know, I I probably listen a lot still to some people's, compared to some people's lists, but it's less for me towards the end of this year. It's been so sad. Um, but I, a couple things, I won't talk a long time about them, but I just wanted to mention, um, I don't know why I did not hear about this when it first came out because I do feel like I'm like somewhat connected to like press releases and stuff like that. But I did not know about Finding Fred until 
like a couple of weeks ago, and then I completely binge listened to it. And it's about Mr. Rogers. I -hmm. cannot call him Fred Rogers, which is what the people on the show talk about repeatedly. They're like, I just can't call him Fred. I can't (laughs) call him Fred. (laughs) You just think of this guy on your TV screen. I am Mm -hmm. totally the Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers neighborhood demographic, the totally the kid that was like, this is like captivating to me. Like I, I swear that that was, I'm an engineer and I swear that even that was like a beginning of the engineer, like plant going in my head was him going to like factories or like a a place just to do like a little tour, like, Mm. (laughs) oh, so amazing. Like understanding like how things work, um, is just so awesome. He is such a gentle person and everything. I know this is totally the, the year of Mr. Rogers, Mm -hmm. um, but I am on board. Mm Mm-hmm. This is by um, Carvel Wallace, one of my favorite, favorite podcasters, um, has done some different individual projects and is on Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting. And I really love his thoughtful questions that he asks the people that are on the show. It's done in a, I would say, a diverse way. It's just phenomenal. So I just have really enjoyed it. I really like the different, all the different views they do not paint Fred Rogers as an absolute saint or anything, um, mm-hmm. which I also really appreciate. They say, look, there's some things that were questionable, things that he did over time that were, you know, perhaps not the kindest thing that don't seem to fit in with his um, his brand. <laughs> yeah, but but at the same time, he was probably doing what he thought was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's just really, really, so really good. So, how much does it? bring him into it is it at all with him there's just some audio clips yeah there's just some old audio clips and i think probably a lot of people are familiar with the congressional testimony that he gave i don't know exactly what time period that was oh he gave some testimony about why programming like mr rogers neighborhood is important Mm. like why that kind of concept is important and he used the lyrics from one of the songs that he sings in the show as Mr. Rogers in the show. And he said them and like, oh my gosh, it's just like, it almost, I, I, I'm just like getting emotional thinking about it. It's so effective the way that he talks to adults in the same ways that he talks to kids. Mm-hmm. So in a way he's making it simpler for adults, but in, in another way, he's making it more grown up for kids, mm-hmm. but still in a language that they can understand. And I think that's probably for me personally, that's another thing that really resonated with me as a kid was, you know, as like an early reader and stuff like that. Like, I don't, don't talk to me like a baby, like talk to me like I'm a person because I am a person. And if you explain something to me, I can, I'll get it. If you say it in words that I know, there's just so many good things that I just didn't even think about. But looking back on it now, all I want to do is go find all the old Mr. Rogers episodes and watch all of them as an adult and just like get into a happy place. <laughs> like si- silly little things about like how he just had rituals. Like he fed the fish. And then like when a fish mm. died, he talked about the fish dying. Like it's just like, yeah, that that's real. So like, why not? A kid's going to have their fish die at right. some point. And so Mr. Rogers maybe can give you some perspective on that. And I think it's such a shame that I I was thinking like my littlest one who's five, he would love Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Like that is so his jam. Like the calm, like, okay, show me how much it costs to make a sandwich. And how, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. well what what goes into a sandwich? Like, oh, that's so cool. It's like life skills. It's great. 
Yeah. So I said I wasn't going to talk a long time about it, but it's like so it's so good. It makes me like bring me to such a his nostalgic, happy place. And it's very, very good. What about you? <laughs> um, so I listened to Scattered by Chris Garcia, mm-hmm. who is a comedian. It's about him sort of grappling with his own father's long deterioration, had dementia. I believe it was dementia, but something along those lines, maybe Alzheimer's, and then ultimately died. And his family is Cuban. And the father had wanted to have his ashes scattered in Cuba, but, you know, his mother had not gone back to Cuba since they left and they fled. And sort of a lot of the complication around that, around the idea of going back, and there's a very complicated relationship that Cubans have with Cuba, Cuban Americans, I guess, have with Cuba. And it's just like the sort of fi- family dynamic around the deterioration and death mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. father. It was, I thought it was really good. He, and, you know, it's, you could tell, he's funny. I mean, he's a funny guy, so he's a comedian. So he, yeah. it wasn't too dark, too, too depressing, but it was still serious. And yeah, I liked it a lot. I shared it with a, a friend who's Cuban and he really liked it too. So, but other than that, I listened to Startup. I loved, loved Last Day, which you recommended. Oh, yes. Yeah. So oh, good. Oh, my God. So good, you guys. You have to listen. It's about the opioid it's epidemic. It is seriously really required. serious stuff. Yeah. Yes. Serious stuff. It should be required. Yes. It, it should it's be. Excellent. It's hard to listen to, you guys. I know yep. that's, that's sometimes not up everybody's alley, but like, just force yourself. This one was really really good and there's Mm -hmm. some really good lessons like i'm not always a big fan of podcasts that are just like i'm going to tell you about all the doom and gloom that is going on in this world and then not tell you how to fix it you know or what to not to fix it but like to do anything about it like this is a really good stuff that everybody should know it it's very raw um it's amazing actually and i'm actually going to interview stephanie whittles wax who is the host of it and Mm -hmm. whose brother died of an opioid overdose soon. So I don't know if, I don't know the timeline for this episode getting out. I might have already interviewed her, but um, a Q and A that I'll post on the website. So I'll, I'll put that up and post that on the Facebook group and everything. But yeah. Awesome. Good stuff out there. Well, yes, we will of course have more recommendations for you uh, next month. We appreciate that you joined us this month. We will also be coming to your feed soon with more interviews with the creators of the shows on our playlists. And of course, we would love, I said it like five times in this episode, please get in touch with us anytime. If you disagree with us, that is what Podcast Brunch Club is all about. (laughs) You can get in touch with us at the Podcast Brunch Club website or Audible Feast, either one. We'll get them either way. And happy listening to you. just want to take a second to thank some folks first off if you enjoyed this episode please rate and review us on your podcast player of choice sure would appreciate it the music you heard today is downloaded from free music archive and this episode featured music from chad crouch with their song rainbow and the ad music at the top of the show is from Ms. Algana with their song paradise podcast brunch club is organized by the always inspiring adela sarah da silva is our other podcast host leader of the Houston chapter of the PBC, and founder of Audible Feast. 
Jenna Spinelli is our resident journalist, contributing articles to the PBC website, and also hosts a few interviews from time to time. Lastly, audio editing is done by me, Stevie Zampanti. You can connect with me on my website, conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks, and happy listening. Happy listening.